0: Father Friday, welcome. It's weekend. Stay with Mm. us. All right. Well, we've just been hunting around for some very cool little Father Friday intro jingles. So, Mm. um, I'm not sure if that's what I just played or not. We'll see as, uh, we recapitulate I hope, I hope the future it's the one into we the past. It was. Yeah. Well, what, what we'll is it? Called put right in?
1: In with all the uh, infancy
0: gospel stuff we've been reading, which no one will ever hear. <laughs> <laughs> Although they got the infancy gospel, yeah. <laughs> but the proto evangelium is uh, unfortunately lost in the annals of.
1: Thankfully lost.
0: Thankfully lost. It was like, yeah, I'm not even. You, gonna, you know what
1: it. I realized the other day? I was doing prep for my sermon on Luke. Mm-hmm. Is that the pseudo gospel of Matthew? Mm-hmm. It's basically a, a prolonged version of the Proto Evangelium of James. Ah. So it's, it's, it includes the flight to Egypt
0: ah. after the whole birth event. Interesting. And so
1: uh, in that one, you know, Mary on the third day is, well, what happens is Jesus gets born. Right. And three dragons come to the cave. <laughs> he talks to the dragons and tames them. Nice. And then they go on a journey to Egypt. And on the third day, Mary is quite tired and faint. And so they sit under a palm tree. And Jesus speaks to the palm tree, and the palm tree bends itself over to uh, give her the dates so she can feast on them. And then one of its roots comes up, and a spring of water comes out of the roots. Uh While they're traveling, panthers and lions are going along with them because he's tamed them. Nice.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean... That's yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kind of of the variety of stuff we were thinking about with the James' thing. So does James uh, include all that stuff? I mean, does yeah, uh, the the Matthew? Pseudo one...
1: Matthew, yeah. So the pseudo Matthew's got the whole of the Proto Evangelium of James, wow. and then adds the flight to Egypt part.
0: So that would be truly sci-fi. Yeah, all and then the flight the
1: to Egypt part. You know, Jesus lands up in all these places in Egypt, and then the uh, the Coptic Church has taken those places where Jesus supposedly went, and now they're holy sites.
0: Right that's just crazy man oh boy the dark side of father friday yeah man, crazy all right so we start our battle plan today um which you know lord willing should be quite an epic journey if we can actually manage to do this mm. um it'll, it'll take us right through church history and give us a little snippet of readings um just you know give it getting, getting us just a year at least something at some point of our lives. Uh, you know, at some point in our lives, of, of these, you know, writings and letters and whatnot that have had a major influence on, on the church, and have uh, survived through, uh, the the corridors of history, so to speak, and um, come to us today, but no one ever reads them. You know, yeah. what did uh, someone I think it was Mark Twain who said, uh, <laughs> in... you know, a classic is someone that no one ever reads. Uh, classic is a is a book that is considered great, but that no one ever reads, huh. um, or something along those lines. And um, I think that's exactly right. Um, and so we just want to make make sure that we're just at least somewhat, somewhat connected to what's going on out there in terms of the great literature. And starting with Father Friday, I mean, that's, or at least with the fathers, at least in Father Friday seems appropriate. And so we have been toying around with that, um, jumping to and fro. It's working well. I like it. <laughs> so time to get serious, right? Um, yeah.
1: And we're starting with an apostolic father.
0: So oh man. This is, so this uh, is as this is the, early early. Yeah, this is as early as it gets, right? I mean, this is would this be what was the Didicator dating? Was that before or after this?
1: Um it's after.
0: Okay, so, so this is before, wow.
1: Yeah. Ignatius is you know, late first century into early second century. So from uh he's he's credited along with Polycarp of being a disciple of John, if yeah. tradition is true.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. So um
1: yeah first generation after the apostles amazing so, apost-
0: apostolic father and that's really much of the fascination right behind yeah. these guys i mean they hung out with john you know <laughs> you want yeah. to know what they said because they would have these insights that we just couldn't even imagine but uh, at the same time you are again just just you know, having to reckon with old you know doctored manuscripts and it's difficult we don't have the the level of assurance that we're reading exactly what he wrote and um the same uh, to the same level as we do of the scriptures um but we want to, just before we get going on this, I mean, you know, what I would say as well is um, I'm, I'm reading directly out of this uh, book that I got here, uh, which means it's, it might be a slightly different translation to what Nick is reading. Um, but you're reading from Philip Schaff's thing, uh, yep. which, which again, I, I think will have pretty much everything that I'm going to be reading in this. And if you can't find it in one of those two, it'll be on the Internet. So that's the cool part. You'll be able to read along with us uh, in, you know, whatever translation you can find. Hopefully it's, it's doable in that sense. And, um, the cool thing about that is, uh, you know, that we can, I mean, even if I'm not mistaken, that Philip Schaff thing, I'm pretty sure, I know you have to buy it on Lagos. Did you, did you get that on Kindle? Kindle, $2. Yeah, there we go. That's probably the best option if you want a nice little presentation of that, but yeah. it is online. You can get it on from what's that Christian classics, ethereal library thing as well. Um, so, uh, flickers text if you're struggling to get hold of th- uh, something or us an email. And uh, we'll uh, hook you up with the right link there. Um, yeah. But let's start with Ignatius. He was a bishop of Antioch, right in Syria. That's right. Um, and uh, he wrote a whole bunch of stuff, actually. So yeah, again, so we're not going to look at what
1: he wrote. Yeah. he wrote on the way to be martyred. Yeah. So what he wrote a bunch of letters to the cities he was visiting. It seems that the the ten Roman soldiers he was traveling with took a strange route. To the place where he was going to get martyred, <clears throat> so he wrote to all the churches along the way before he visited them. Mm. So that's where the letters come from.
0: Yeah, and there are a whole bunch of them. So we're not obviously going to be looking at all of them. And we in, in our strategy of sampling, we're just taking this letter to the Romans, which is, you know, it's got some great quotes in it. My goodness, it's an incredible, um, <laughs> yeah. it's an incredible letter.
1: I've got mixed feelings about Ignatius. I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's he is the the architect of episcopalianism. Right. You know, yep. early yep. rule. so um, from that point of view, you know, I don't like him that much. Mm. Um, Michael Kruger's remarks are that, you know, he seems he, he he presents his view of ecclesiology in a way that sounds like the whole church believes it along with him. But as you read outside of his letters, they don't. Mm. So he's just weird that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, the letter we're reading, um, the Epistle of Ignatius to the Romans, um, he just wants to die. He just wants
0: to be a martyr. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> yeah. But, you know, one thing I was thinking is, um, I mean, the way that he did die, most likely, would have been very traumatic. And um, <clears throat> and it is unfair at some level to, to, to get someone, to ask someone to be completely objective and neutral and kind of chilled out and sensible about their upcoming martin- martyrdom. You know? I mean, it's quite an extreme scenario. Yeah. And so it's like you're not going to be calmly objective necessarily. You're going to be totally into it. You know what I mean? You're going to be thinking about it yeah, and preoccupied I mean, almost, with
1: it. He's almost, it's, to me, it sounds like he's romanticizing it. Yeah. Well,
0: and that would, I think, and you know, from what I've heard about this stuff, I mean, certainly he had a lot of that in the in the early church. And it got very weird at one point. Yeah. Um, and probably, you know, either this is the beginnings of that or it's, um, it's something that, you know, they've elaborated or embellished upon along the way in his words. Um, but you have, um, again, just just an obvious difference to the kind of martyrdom, um, you know, that we're perhaps a little bit more familiar with, the unwilling sort of martyr, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, the one that, that would, would reluctantly go or certainly flee before, before pursuing that death. But, you know, just as I was reading it, and uh, we'll get to this as, uh, in, in a sec, but when he says, for example, let no power, visible or invisible envy me um, in reaching Jesus Christ, come fire and cross, come crowds of wild beasts, come tearing, come breaking and dislocation of bones, come hacking off of limbs, come crushing mm-hmm. of my whole body, and come cruel tortures of the devil, only let me reach Jesus Christ. I mean, like that sort of thing, yep. you know, it does present a challenge to today's Amen. Christianity. Amen. You know no, what I mean?
1: He's got the right view of life.
0: Yeah. Um, and the
1: right view of death, you know, that, and that's, that is refreshing.
0: Totally. And the way that we have to, I mean, I suppose that's a great point to start off with all of this stuff really, because almost every single one of the things that we'll read, I think, I don't know, in my opinion, anyway, is just totally bizarre at some level, <laughs> you know, it, may, it gives you a really weird feeling. Sometimes you're like, wow, you know, um, these guys people are just thought
1: like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. The people actually thought like that, but I think that's the whole thing. I mean, you've got a, the value of doing something like this, is that it, it gets you out of your cult- cultural bubble, that's the thing, you know, and as bizarre as it might be, it gives you a sense of thinking outside of yourself and and from different perspectives in, in church's history. And, um, you know, it, it just, uh, you've got to, I don't know, you've just either got to make the decision to read generously, you know, um, or, or just like think you're the only good christian on the planet you know what i mean um because i mean like i think we've talked about this before i mean you know even on the doctrinal angle thing you know you are i mean you're a real if you soon find out you're a small drop in the ocean in terms of what you believe you know (laughs) and uh the church has been massive and it's been pretty varied and crazy so you know we'll see all of that as we go um but with that in mind, you know, I did think you mentioned the um, the Episcopalian thing. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually thinking just on that same point now, just in reading generously and whatnot. You know, it, it does, uh, probably not so much in this epistle, but he, I think, uh, I remember thinking in, in a previous, I can't remember which epistle it was, but, you know, in the, the strain, because we believe in a plurality of eldership. Yeah. Um, Typically, that means every elder is a pastor and a bishop, and um, and that all, all the elders, pastors, bishops are equal in authority, perhaps specialized in function. But There's always been this unspoken strain in that, in that you always typically do have a pastor and, you know, there is a sort of somewhat of a separation between the pastor and the elders, and it's just like functionally how it ends up. Um, and a lot of what he, I remember thinking a lot of what he said about that challenged me on just thinking, okay, well, I've got to... You know, it doesn't feel as neat and clean. What I'm what I'm surprised about when reading these guys, and I'm having the same experience with Augustine now, is just how like fresh actually a lot of the stuff is in little moments where you just wow, that's actually a really good point. And oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting to get clubbed by this guy who I thought <laughs> we had outgrown, you know, theologically. Yeah, exactly. uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not like that. They were working with the same Bible that we're working with. And there are times that they just really know how to use it, you know. So yeah. um, anyways, enough talk. Let's play. Let's who play. Uh, Who's starting?
1: Okay, so let's just say the
0: intro, which ordinarily
1: attends the letter, mm-hmm. is not a your version. So we're just going to jump straight to chapter one. And why don't
0: you read it? All right. Here we go. Through prayer to God, I have obtained the privilege of seeing your most worthy faces and have been granted even more than I asked for it is as a prisoner in Christ Jesus that I hope to greet you. If indeed it be God's will that I be counted worthy of reaching the end for the beginning has been well ordered. If I may obtain grace to cling to my lot without hindrance unto the end. But what worries me, is that your love may do me an injury, for it is easy for you to do what you please, but difficult for me to reach God unless you spare me. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of gets us right into what we were talking about earlier. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So chapter two carries on, and uh, the thing that he's worried about their love is going to accomplish is that they might interfere in the whole process of, of him get actually getting martyred.
0: Yeah. Do you know how they would have interfered? I mean, what would they have done?
1: <laughs> well, perhaps being Roman citizens. Right. They'd be close petition. to the central administration that may have had someone's ear. Yeah. You know, someone high up in the administration of Rome in the church who could put in a good word for him. Yeah.
0: Man, crazy. Right. You know, what's just another thought here on martyrdom, but in case we don't get to say this, I was just reading this earlier. and it's One thing I, as glorified as martyrs became in the Christian tradition, you weren't ever a martyr, ever, if you killed other people in your death. Hmm. that's crazy so that means that immediately you've got a separate tradition even with the veneration of martyrs you know uh it's not what it what it is in islam and even amongst the fundamentalist extreme group groups not a holy war situation yeah yeah which is i think is worth pointing out even at this most extreme scenario you know
1: and uh, also just another point is they didn't remember birthdays but they did remember remember death days whoa point of importance yes and so the martyrdom days did make up the calendar of the early church from Mm. that point of view. And so Easter as opposed to Christmas was more important and and better dated for that reason. Right. Wow. All right, chapter 2. Chapter 2. For it is not my desire to act towards you as a man pleaser, but as pleasing God, even as also ye please him. For neither shall I ever have such another opportunity of attaining to God, nor will ye, if you shall now be silent, ever be entitled to the honor of a better work. For if you are, ye are silent concerning me, I shall become gods. But if you show your love to my flesh, I shall again have to run my race. Pray then, do not seek to confer any greater favour upon me than that I be sacrificed to God while the altar is still prepared. At being gathered together in love, ye may sing praise to the Father through Christ Jesus that God has deemed me, the Bishop of Syria, worthy to be sent for from the east unto the west. It is good to set from the world unto God, that I may rise again to Him.
0: Yeah, wow. Alrighty, good. Much of the same, straight into chapter, uh, paragraph 3? Yep. What do you call it, a paragraph or a chapter? Uh, Mine says chapter 3. All right. chapter it is. Shortest chapter in the history of chapters, but here we go. Um, You have never envied anyone. You have taught others. All I want now is for you to put into practice what you have taught. Just pray that I may have both inner and outer strength, that I may genuinely desire what I speak of, and that I may not merely be called a Christian, but truly be found to be one. For if I be truly found a Christian, I may also be called one and deemed faithful at the point when I am no more visible to the world. Nothing visible is eternal, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal." For our God Jesus Christ is the more plainly visible now that he is with the Father. Christianity is not a matter of silence only, but also of manifest greatness. <laughs> that's an interesting one. Right?
1: Just maybe a, a worth comment. For our God Jesus Christ.
0: Yes. Yeah, totally.
1: Wonderful statement. For Early sure. statement on the deity of Christ.
0: Yeah, it's good. Interesting little um, invisible. I'm always on the hunt for the little Gnostic influences, you know?
1: Yeah, that's also two Corinthians five. So Yes. It is. So, of, yeah, it's probably a little bit out of context, but...
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think also, you know, when they think, um, you know, visible and invisible, I mean, they usually are thinking about the year and now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's I think it is unfair. A lot of what's been said to be Gnostic in the, in the Fathers, I think, has been unfair. But we'll see mm. as we go. Um, I, mean, I
1: think 2 5, Paul does long to be further clothed. He does he says, I do not long to be unclothed, which yeah. would be to death, and in the intermediate state, spirit without a body, but to be further clothed—that is, rather, to have a glorified body. Yeah, so Paul's got a, a very robust understanding of—you know—he doesn't just long to die; he longs to be glorified in his future body. Hmm. But um, that that extra note of glorified body seems to be lacking and missing.
0: Um, they all believed in a like a kind of a Jewish millennium. Interestingly enough you know, or not a Jewish millennium, that sounds like dispensational, but I mean like a um, a Jewish uh, earthly, you know, um, as in like not a Greek thought, but a Jewish thought kind of millennium. They were all pre-millennial in some way, I think, um, as far as I'm aware. Maybe a few amillennials here and there, like Augustine, a later. So I'm just, um, you know, again, like it would be hard to square that with narcissism and they believed in the resurrection, you know. Yeah. So at the end, I mean, what are you going to do? That's their... It's, you know, maybe Gnostic tendencies is the most you can go, but it's held yeah. in check by the resurrection at all times. Definitely. You know. All right, cool. Chapter four, all you. Uh,
1: I think we're still in chapter three, second paragraph. I oh, know, that's oh, all I got. Sorry, I've got a different version. Cool. Right, chapter cool. four. Yeah. I write to the churches and impress on them all that I shall willingly die for God unless ye hinder me. I beseech of you not to show an unseasonable goodwill towards me. Suffer me to become food for the wild beasts through whose instrumentality it will be granted me to attain to God. I am the wheat of God and let me be ground by the teeth of the wild beasts that I may be found the pure bread of Christ. Rather entice the wild beasts that they may become my tomb and may leave nothing of my body so that when I have fallen asleep in death, I may be no trouble to anyone. Then shall I truly be a disciple of Christ when the world shall not see so much as my body. Entreat Christ for me, that by these instruments I may be found a sacrifice to God. I do not, as Peter and Paul issue commands unto you. They were apostles. I am but a condemned man. They were free, while I am even until now a servant. But when I suffer, I shall be the freed man of Jesus, and shall rise again emancipated in him. And now, being a prisoner, I learn not to desire anything worldly or vain. Mm. Awesome. Just a wonderful, uh, I mean, you know, he's Terrifying. probably slightly, slightly <laughs> Gnostic, but man, what a, what a, what a way to accept death yeah. as entrance into life. Isn't that you amazing? Know? Yeah. Earth resurrection. I mean, it's, it's, it dominates his horizon. It is, it's captured his heart. He's, he, he, he is rejoicing in his hope and it's lifted him above his circumstance. And yeah. so he's got the eternal perspective. And so, I mean, every Christian should be thinking that way.
0: Amen. Yeah yeah it is incredible and like I said earlier I mean if you're in the situation where you you know this is coming or you're at least I don't know just wanting it to come at least I mean it's just crazy yeah I mean it must be totally preoccupying you know what else is there you're just thinking about this the whole way through this moment um which is yeah I don't know absolutely crazy so different so different from the the landscape of Christianity today I found it challenging, man. I was reading through this and I was like, oh my goodness, wow. This dude is on another another, another planet, you know. Um, All right, chapter five. So that was your chapter three, right? Uh, Four, yeah. Okay, so now this is, yeah. So we've we've differentiated on our chapter numbers, but that's cool. Um, From Syria, as far as Rome, I am fighting with wild beasts by land and sea, by night and day, being bound to ten leopards. I mean a band of soldiers who only grow worse when they are kindly treated. Their injuries are training me to be a disciple of Christ. Yet I am not justified by that. 1 Corinthians
1: 4.4
0: May I enjoy the wild beasts that are prepared for me, and I pray that I will find them eager to rush upon me. Indeed, I will entice them to devour me speedily rather than not touch me out of fear, as they have done to some. If they are unwilling to attack me, I will force them to do so bear with me i know i know what is expedient for me it is now that i am beginning to be a disciple let no power here's what i read earlier visible or invisible uh, envy me reaching jesus christ come fire and cross come crowds of wild beasts come tearing breaking dislocation of bones come hacking off of limbs come crushing of my whole body and come the cruel tortures of the devil only let me read uh, reach at least jesus christ Amen. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Holy poetry. poetry.
1: poetry. Wow. Totally awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. It's interesting. I'm not justified by that. Yeah, that's mm. a great statement. Yeah. yeah, totally.
1: All the pleasures of the world and all the kingdoms of this earth shall profit me nothing. It is better for me to die in behalf of Jesus Christ than to reign over all the ends of the earth. For what shall a man be profited if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Him I seek, who died for us. Him I desire, who rose again for our sake. This is the gain which is laid up for me. Pardon me, brethren. Do not hinder me from living. Do not wish to keep me in a state of death. And while I desire to belong to God, do not ye give me over to the world. Suffer me to obtain pure light. When I have gone thither, I shall indeed be a man of God. Permit, permit me to be an imitator of the passion of my God passion of my God there's Christ as God again uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: if anyone has him within himself let him consider what I desire and let him have sympathy with me as knowing how I am straitened.
0: so what's interesting about that is he knows he's a little over keen yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? He gets it. And uh, he gets the people are freaking out about it, which, I don't know, helps me just see, all right, well, that's not everyone was on the same. This was exceptional, even in his day at some level. Um, yeah. And and, and I, I mean, the way that he's, he's like, listen, bear with me, man. I'm just totally, I'm totally there. I'm ready to go. And I get that you want to stop it. But this would be the greatest honor for me, which is, it yeah. does tell you something about his discipleship at the end of the day.
1: I'm just wondering, you know, if there was a, a broad sweep of persecution going on at the time, this would have been incredibly encouraging Yes. of uh, the flock. You know, right. here's, one shepherds, here's one of the leaders, here's one yeah. of the pastors. Exactly. Look at his view of death, look at his hope, look at his faith. Man. Um, no doubt if anyone <clears> else was going through a, persecu- a time of persecution, it would have
0: been a great encouragement to them. Massive. Yeah. This was, you know, his greatest sermon, so to speak. Yeah. You know, if he could he knew that. So all right, cool. Um Chapter seven. All right. The prince of this world would happily carry me away and corrupt my disposition toward God. Let none of you, Romans, therefore help him. Rather be on my side. That is, on <laughs> God's side. Do not speak of Jesus Christ, and yet Set your desires on the world, give no room to envy, even though I myself, when I am with you, should exhort you to do so. Do not listen to me then, but rather give heed to what I am now writing to you. For though I am alive while I write to you, yet I am eager to die. My lust has been crucified, and there is no fire of material desire in me, but only a living water that speaks to to me within, saying, Come to the Father." I have no delight in corruptible incorruptible food, nor in the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, the heavenly bread, the bread of life, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who became afterward the seed of David and Abraham. And I desire the drink of God, namely his blood, which is incorruptible love and eternal life. Mm. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. There we go. Ignatius, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have any more? uh, Yeah, i got one more paragraph. (coughs) Okay. Yeah.
1: I no longer wish to live after the manner of men, and my desire shall be fulfilled if ye consent. Be willing, then, that ye also may have your desires fulfilled. I entreat you in this brief letter. Do ye give credit to me? Jesus Christ will reveal these things to you, so that ye shall know that I speak truly. He is the mouth altogether free from falsehood, by which the Father has truly spoken. Pray ye for me that I may attain the object of my desire. I have not written to you according to the flesh, but according to the will of God. If I shall suffer, ye have wished well to me. But if I am rejected, ye have hated me.
0: <laughs> wow. Totally. So he's like, do not go to Rome. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't call him the favor. Yeah. man.
1: And there are two more chapters where he just asks for prayer for the church in Syria, and mm-hmm. then he gives some greetings from, uh, Smyrna, uh, from some, some some greetings from the churches there.
0: Hmm. Got to say, it sounds very biblical and epistle-ish, right? Yeah, I mean, so. you know, there are moments that are like, wow, that could be in the Bible right there. Yeah. You know? obviously,
1: obviously shaping themselves <clears throat> on the epistles, which have shaped their own religion, shaped their own thinking.
0: Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. So good. I mean, I think that's just a good way to open up. Why do you have to read this stuff? I mean, again, you know, um, as... Uh, uh, Tony Lane says you know you want to um, just, just in the way I mean you read it and it's unfamiliar it's challenging it uses different kind of language it places a demand on you that's more difficult than reading uh, perhaps a, a more contemporary kind of popular book but it does offer greater rewards as well. In that you just ripped right out of your bubble, you get you get to just transport back in time, especially with those kinds of epistles where you don't have to know a whole bunch of the context to be able to make sense of what's being said. And uh, and yeah, you're immediately challenged. It's like an awesome devotional, you know. Um, yeah. Just uh, you know, I mean, what a great way to just jump into prayer straight after that. You know, yeah, you are considering your life, considering. Uh, you know what, what, what your ambitions and goals are and and they, yeah i mean that just slaps you straight you know that's basically what it's all about right there as a christian at one level or another everyone's got to believe that you know it's good yeah totally okay so any other closing thoughts on the thing
1: no the, that's uh, it all that's right
0: a, uh, it was basically he just
1: hit one note all the way through and mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah he's sang a good tune excellent father friday are you going to sing us a good tune on the way out 阿虛<音><音>